Sometimes in life, you find yourself on the right side of the line. Lemon chill. <laughs> Tamale. No bless. <laughs> I reckon we can do that suicide squeeze. <laughs> I'm 38, but I just, I would say I became an adult a few years ago. But <laughs> a bald guy with sunglasses that can yeah. play the piano. And have you ever broiled a chicken? Hola, Miss yeah. Senorita Kelso. Two in the morning, she's out there. Yeah. Cayete. <laughs> now a member of the Global Ag Network. Casey Seymour. The reason I say that because Casey Seymour's on the other line, he can't hear any of the sound effects, so he just has to assume I'm doing it on the right on the right cue, though. But Casey, how's it going, dude? I'm good, man. How you been? Oh, just pretty fantastic. Well, good as I can handle myself, I guess. Are uh, things bright and wonderful in the Nebraska Panhandle? You know, today we we had a, a bit of a severe weather outbreak so everywhere around us has been uh tornadoes and large hail and gusty winds and all that fun stuff but we haven't had much of that in my immediate area here so i'll knock on wood we've got our had a fair share of a pretty big hail and strong winds and all that stuff a couple weeks ago so hopefully it stays away uh gosh that sounds wonderful that's that sounds like a dream from what we've been uh been partaking of today it was actually it actually didn't get to 90 degrees today here so that was pretty wonderful and exciting I uh, I prayed for uh, anything eighty nine or below. It it didn't get to like eighty until noon, so you know I was kind of excited about everything that was going on. I uh, was uh break halter breaking some calves the, in the in the incorrect way as far as my wife was concerned. Of course, she was at school, so what the hell is she gonna do about it? <laughs> and uh, right. to let everybody know just how small a school we go to. They had a delayed start because they had no electricity and no water in Vega today. The well went down. <laughs> I figured Vega had more than one well in the whole. I mean, it is a small town. I mean, they're one A or they're not. I mean, we're not even six man. We're bigger than six man. But one well and the whole damn town goes dark. It's like a rolling blackout Berlin in 1937. Yeah, you, you one. There's one whole water well for the entire town, and that and that. Shut the whole thing down. I don't. I don't know if it was just the one well or not, but it was the one the the block the 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 city block that the school was on. So um, yeah, we it, get the same problem in a lot of our all of our stores that we have in these smaller smaller towns like Eastern Colorado and and uh, Western Nebraska and stuff. And it's not uncommon to have a, a windy day and, and get emails across. You know, electricity's out or somehow they can send an email out when the internet's down. I don't know how that that works, but that's you know like. That kind of stuff happens a lot here in small town America. Now that's one thing that our local schools have is they have some freaking bandwidth blowing through them. Because I mean, like Hereford, of course, Hereford's a big. I mean, as far as small towns go, you know, it's fifteen thousand, but they've got you know fiber and everything there, so they're pretty loaded up. But even Vegas, I don't. Yeah, I think they're on fiber, but nonetheless, they got bandwidth thrown through that thing. So uh, anyway, well, we're not here to talk internet telecommunications. We're talking <laughs> Casey. Has anybody ever told you just to? Eat me. More, more than once, Brent. More than once. Well, I bet they didn't mean it in the literal sense that we're going to talk about today because some D-bag on the internet, I don't know, some climate scientist or some, probably like some dude in his parents' basement 
you know, making friendship bracelets, you know, to go to college or something. But he says that um, we might have to turn to cannibalism to combat to combat global climate change. Your thoughts, uh, Casey? That that's probably this. I've heard a lot of things, you know, the whole cow farts and everything else. But this is a this is a new one. It kind of takes it to a whole new level. Um, you see folks like that come around and they poke their head up every once in a while. I've heard that more than once where we need to uh, curb the human population and, and do this, that, and the other. That's a new one. I haven't heard anybody uh, propose eating each other to uh, – did he say he was going to serve himself up first or how'd that work? Well, you know, none of these people offer sacrifices up. It's no, usually – it, yeah, it's usually on the uh, other side of the hand there. So uh, he – now, did you watch the movie Alive with the uh, – was that a hockey team? That ate their buddies. Uh, was, uh, what was that? Was Russian soccer team. Wasn't it? Soccer, wasn't it team? soccer team. The Donner Party. Yeah. <laughs> party of, Do- Donner Party. <laughs> party of five. Oh, sorry. Party of four. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I watched it, but I don't. It's been a while, but yeah, it was. Uh, Where were they? Like in uh, northern Russia, or no? They their plane crashed in the uh, in the mountains in, in Chile somewhere. I don't oh. Exactly Wrong hemisphere. I'm not, not in the right hemisphere. Yeah, in the Andes. Yeah, and they crashed on top of a mountain with no trees or anything, and they took to eating the dead. Well, we're we're gonna get into that here in our main second segment, so we don't want to we don't want to <laughs> cook the goose just yet. But um, we uh, so yeah, that's our episode this week. We're gonna do a little ridiculing of climate scientists, and if we if we get into the science of global climate change or no global climate change. Uh, no global climate change. We'll do that, but uh, you know, don't expect too much intelligence there. But uh, before we get to that, we got to talk a little crops. Uh, any any harvest activity going on up your way uh, there, Casey? Um, you know, some guys. I think they're getting ready to start digging some sugar beets up here. Um, I keep forgetting y'all have those. Yeah, getting ready to cut some edible beans. I think in that way. Um, down south, you know, we got some millet that's getting ready to be uh, be cut. For those that don't know what millet is, that's basically bird seed. Um, from lack of a better term, you look at the small little berries that are inside of bird seed, that's what that is, millet. So um, there's some guys doing that. So we're kind of right on the, the verge of some guys testing some stuff and what have you. But for the most part, edible beans is in full swing, and, and uh, but um, kind of everything else is just kind of kind of that pre-harvest. Yeah. Go out and cut a little bit and see what you got, and then wait wait a day or two type of thing now are you, are you in the area i keep forgetting are you in the area that's a wash with the blinking lights of uh, center pivots like we are oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. our entire area was that way yeah. yeah except for down the very extreme southern eastern colorado on our southern edge of our territory down there they don't have they're uh they're just on the outskirts of the ogallala aquifer and they don't uh they don't have any water where they're at so it's primarily dry land but yeah, and any any given night, you don't know if you're looking at uh, uh, radio towers in the distance or pivots blinking on the on the flat ground. Well, here it's well now it, here it's pivots and it's a uh, wind turbines. You go yeah, oh yeah. Uh, up and down I forty, which is just about twenty miles north of where we live, and you go and you get on I forty and head straight in Amarella at night. It's just a sea of red blinking lights, and it's yeah. it's pretty amazing. And they're still going up, and uh, it's a. Uh, all over the place. So uh, yeah. it was actually yeah, got, do what we got two. We got two or three of those wind farms out there that at night it was just one giant blob of blinking lights out there. So a uh, little uh, electrical United States electrical grid lesson. Everything south of the Texas Panhandle is in its own in Texas is in its own 
power grid. The ERCOT is what they call it. And all of us here in Texas Panhandle, we're part of the Southwest Power Pool or whatever. Well, uh, we sell, as in um, all these wind farms and these co-ops here in the Texas Panhandle, they've been selling lots of electricity downstate to the ERCOT. Well, ERCOT here about when back when we were in those 100-degree days, they ran short of electricity because the wind stopped blowing and there was no more electricity to be sold to them. So they, I don't know if they ever had any brownouts, rolling brownouts, but they were getting close. So um, they're talking about doing a big solar farm here close to Hereford or something. I don't know. I th- I swear I saw a half a billion dollar solar uh, number on it. So whether, yeah. that, whether that comes to fruition or not, I don't know. We've had a couple of those solar panel farms kind of start popping, at least a talk anyway. I don't know if actually any of them are in, in production yet. But in some of this ground where we have where it's just dry land pasture ground, put like one cow for every you know 150 acres type of thing right um a lot of these guys there's some talk about kind of building that that solar panel for them so i don't know if it'll ever happen or not um but somebody will get rich by letting them put uh, solar panels on their on the ground someplace yeah those leases can be pretty lucrative if you're in the right place my i have some in-laws that uh they've got some uh, the wind towers on their places and they're yeah you know they're it's pretty good it's pretty good little uh income for them i believe I don't. I don't yeah. just pry into them. Tell them how. Ask them how big it is. But I, hopefully, I'll get to find out sometime. I'll get them drunk enough, even though that'll never happen. But um, so yeah, guys. Um, just let, yeah. There's lights all over the place. If if the wells aren't pulling the electricity, the lights on the on the strobes are going to help out and extinguish the yeah. rest of that extra kilowatt. We've had some. I tell you what, man. We've had some. We've got these uh, VFDs on these big wells. These Santa Rosa wells that go almost a thousand feet. Those variable. Variable frequency drives where you can speed up and slow down the electrical motor. And uh, I think they're, I mean, they're quite a complicated contraption. And I mean, the way they slow down, I mean, it's all mathematical formulas with hertz and volts and amps and everything. And I think they kind of raise a little bit of hell going back into the or I know it's, it makes it hard for the electrical companies to measure how many kilowatt hours you're actually burning or using or whatever. But I know it's the the equipment. I don't think it's quite there yet because we burned up some dry. Or we haven't. They've burned themselves up, and stuff is shorted out, and it's just been it's. They're almost more trouble than they're worth. So uh, they're, we're using them so we don't have to actually squeeze down the wells. And when you're squeezing down a, almost a thousand feet of vertical pipe, it really wears those bowls out down there in the bottom of the holes. So it's uh, pretty deep for water, man. Yeah, it's a. It, yeah, it, it'd be one thing if we were getting a mountain of water, but you know we've got we've got half a dozen of them, and we just got through drilling one there close to close to Hereford, and you know we've you know on average they're probably averaging you know the top end we've got a couple that are probably six hundred, but you know they're any more they're averaging four hundred at best. You know if you get four hundred yeah. to five hundred, you're 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 about that's what you can hope for, and you know it's a quarter million bucks to turn key one. So let alone to power one. So, Holy crap. you know, if you, uh, and that, that's a good thing about these VFD drives, you know, they'll, they'll cheapen them up for you. The electrical, of course you got to pay for it, but you know, it's, I mean, it's like I said, if anybody's listened to the podcast over the last couple of years, the one I have, it's just been a nightmare and looks like I'll, I'll probably go out there tonight and I won't have any pressure and it'll because that thing's off because I'm about to say I didn't have any trouble with it this year, but last <laughs> two, three years, it's been an absolute it hit, it's been an absolute curse and a nightmare, but yet I have to have it. And um, anyway, so that's all great and wonderful farming. Who, I mean, 
that's all farmers want to talk about. They say, what do they say? What do farmers do? Well, when they get off work, they want to go talk about work. And when they get done talking about work, it's like, well, when you get done working, you want to go working, you want to go talk about work again. But you know, I found that's with everybody. I mean, everybody talks yeah, about yeah. work all the time. It ain't just farmers. So even equipment dealers probably do that in between martinis and, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, we figure out the uh, the best way to take advantage of our customers. Yeah. Every chance we get and yeah, that's, that's farmer talk for you, though, but I mean, that's, that's not true. And that's what we're going to talk about in the morning. And Casey, now we're recording <laughs> oh, this yeah. on Tuesday night, but this will drop tomorrow, which is a uh, somber occasion as it is 9-11. And uh, we'll, here in a minute, we'll kind of re- um, reflect on that. But uh, Casey, yeah. give us the lowdown of what you may have already heard since this podcast is going to drop after what we're going to do tomorrow morning. Right. Well, tomorrow morning, Brent and I are going to do uh, start doing a weekly thing and, and hopefully do it on Wednesdays. But Every Wednesday, hopefully, we're going to uh, kind of just do some reflection on what's happening in the markets, what's happening, you know, news-wise, and just two guys that really don't know what they're talking about, <laughs> and then just uh, add a little funny to what's going on. And, I thought uh, I, I thought Landon and I already had that market cornered. Oh, you guys definitely do. I'm just like the <laughs> hey, what I'm an just, ass. I'm just I'm just the guy, you know, yeah. I'm the third wheel here. So. <laughs> Yeah, so that's uh, that's going to be exciting. Now, is this going to be live, uh, Casey, or a video, or tell me how it's going to be uh, set uh, up? It eventually will be, yeah, because I'm, I'm redoing my, my set, if you will, and uh, got to get a couple things figured out. But as soon as I get that figured out, yes, we'll be live on all your, all your favorite uh, – social media platform yeah please take down that al-qaeda hostage uh speech flag you've got there behind you <laughs> and you can probably yeah, fold up the orange out. jumpsuit too and put it in the closet that's behind you to really know to really know what it is you're in some under- anymore you're like dick cheney you're underground bunker man well yeah. i look forward to it it's gonna be fun <laughs> i'll have to uh well i don't really set an alarm but you know i'll probably have to pee so i'll be up but anyway but <laughs> yeah that's gonna be exciting though Casey, I'm looking forward to that. Um, but as I said, it is 9-11, at least when this thing drops. And um, we were, I was over at my parents' house just uh, earlier today, and, you know, we were talking. It's like, you know, most kids now, you know, at this point in time, weren't even alive when 9-11 happened. And it was, yeah. you know, our generation's Pearl Harbor and or our yeah. generation's JFK. You know, my mom was talking about how she remembers where she was when JFK got shot. She was in, I think she said she was a sophomore in high school in Dumas, Texas, and they I think they were at lunch, and they came over to the speaker and said that a JFK had gotten shot, and then she went to PE about an hour later, two hours later, and said he had died. So everybody's got their moment in history or remembers where they were. Casey, what what's your memory of that of that uh, terrible day? Yeah, no, that, that, it's hard to believe it's been it's been what eighteen years, eighteen years. Yeah, you know, I mean, so if you're born in two thousand one, you you've lived pretty much your entire life. Uh, with, with, with post 9 uh, 11, you yeah. know, I mean, there's been <coughs> just one of those things that, that, that takes place. But when I was, uh, I was, uh, I, was in, I worked in Manhattan, Kansas, worked for a Budweiser distributor there. And I was driving the, uh, I never forget, it, I was driving the, uh, I was a utility guy at the time. So I was kind of filling in, doing some stuff. And I was driving down the road, stop at the stoplight, and they came over the news. I was listening to one that was a shock jock fan at the time. I was listening to one of those shows, and they came across and said, hey, you know, the plane had just struck the World Trade Center. And, of course, the child, I go, how stupid do you have to be to hit the World Trade's tallest building in the world? How do you miss that? It was probably Howard Stern, wasn't it? No, 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 it wasn't Howard Stern. I don't remember who it was. But um, about 10 minutes later, the second one hit. Right. And I 
immediately went home. I'm like, what's going on? You know, and I flipped on the news and was watching the news and I got home just in time to watch the uh, first power fall and uh, sat there and like, what is going on? And right. The second one fell and um, it was, you know, then the Pentagon and then the one that crashed out in the field in Pennsylvania there. And, um, you know, those were, those were tragic days and it was a, it was a weird sense of, you know, the, I just remember the, how everybody for that month or whatever it was after that happened, how, how we all came together as a country, you know what I mean? There wasn't any of this petty fighting about all the petty stuff that was going on, yeah. you know, it was like people were truly uni- were unified. For, yeah. And, and I, I just, I won't forget that. And, and I remember driving around in my, my beer truck the next day and, <clears throat> had my, uh, my, you know, my tractor trailer and had American flags tied on the, on the rearview mirrors on, on the cab and driving through town and, and just everybody was just, it was cool. I do remember that there was a lot of, uh, I don't know if that happened here or not, but there was a lot of price gouging on cable fuel. And I remember these, uh, there were several places that, I mean, at the time, the average gallon of gas might've been a buck 50, maybe dollar 25 or something like that. And it was, uh, by the end of the day, they were selling it for like four bucks. Right. 50, 75. And, now, is this Nebraska or is this? No, this was in Kansas. This was in Manhattan. Kansas. Oh, Manhattan. Okay. Yeah. See, that's how well yeah. I listen to my guests. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was, uh, it was, it was a, a, a very unique, uh, unique time. And, um, you know, I mean, like the United States gets attacked every, every day, you know, it's the, I think it was the first real enemy attack that we've had on U.S. soil since uh, the Civil War. You know, right. So um, that they could really trace back. I mean, you could go maybe say like the first World Trade Center attack or those kind of things, but like a legitimate organized group that went out to try to cause harm. And they did. They caused a lot of trouble. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of dynamics hit that time. So, but yeah, I'll, I'll never forget that as long as I live. It, it's as clear in my memory as it, as it was the day it happened. Yeah. Yeah. No question. Well, I was in college. I was at Texas Tech at the time. That was my, uh, that had been my uh, 2001. That had been the start of my junior year. And uh, as it turned out, we were going to our internship that following summer in 2002 in D.C. So um, I don't know if we'd interviewed for it yet or not. But nonetheless, that morning, of course, it was Tuesday morning, and um, I had an 8 o'clock ag sales class. And uh, got to campus about, I always get there about 7.30 and hopped on the bus at the parking lot and shuttled over to the ag building and um, got off. So I got off, this is, of course, all central time. So um, I got off the bus at 7.45. And I think that was about, that's about, what, two or three minutes before the first one hit, isn't it? Because it was about 8.45. It was like nine, it was like almost nine o'clock. Right. So we got, I got off the bus and walked into class and, Nobody, I mean, nobody said anything. Nobody knew anything. So, you know, that class went till 920. So, and we're just uh, catty corner. Did I just burp in the microphone? That's really great for this time of the podcast. But uh, so uh, when I was in the uh, ag building, this was the ag eco building. I was an ag eco major anyway. And we were catty corner to the university center, which is kind of like the student union building, whatever you call it, wherever you're at. But uh, so I walked across, didn't, still didn't know anything. Nobody said anything. And of course, this is before smartphones. So, Nobody was checking phones, so I always walk over there and got a donut or whatever. And uh, as I'd gotten it, I was starting to walk back, and I looked down a hallway, and I noticed, and I know that there there was a big big screen down there, and this is back in the projection big screen days, you know, the big massive box. Anyway, and I saw a big group of kids down there looking at a, you know, circling around, and I'm like, that seems strange. So 
anyway, so I'm like, we have an Ag Eco Lounge uh, back in the Ag Building, so I went back over there to uh, see what was going on and, and hang out there till the next class and got up to uh, the lounge and walked in, and this was an actual projection television, and um, I saw it, you know, find out what was going on. But uh, that so that would have been about both planes had already hit, and I don't know if the Pentagon had been hit yet, but I think I saw the second tower fall. And, um, I mean, you know, watching it looked like, you know, I mean, it looked like it was controlled. I mean, obviously it wasn't. I mean, I'm not – it just – it was so weird how it looked yeah. so perfect, how it came straight in on itself. And um, then you get all the freaks that think that was all an inside job. But uh, I, I think that's the only thing that I saw live was that second tower coming down. And uh, my mom, she was – when she – when in her memory of it, she was at the house and she was – doing i don't know she was doing stuff around the house and anyway she um turned on the news or whatever and saw the first plane had already hit and she so she was sitting there watching it. she saw this she's like there's another plane coming that's gonna hit the building and sure enough you know it hit that second yeah. tower and uh yeah. and then at that point everything changed so yeah every 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 year on 9-11 i always get on youtube and watch the that kind of those as it happened uh yeah. videos just to you know i mean the one, the one of the most chilling things I remember about that day were, were watching the people jump out of the windows. Yeah, it's or, just. I mean, they were making a choice whether I burned to death or I plunged to my death. Right. I mean, dying no matter what. So. Yeah, that, that. That was a crazy thing, man. I mean, they these people they go from sitting at their computer writing up reports to litter jumping out of a skyscraper yep. within a matter of minutes. And I mean, I don't know when they started doing that. I mean, it caught fire probably almost instantaneously, I guess, didn't it? Or no, I guess the fuel went down the the piers a while. But you're there on a regular work day, and you're making the decision to jump out of the building. It's just, you know, it's mind-boggling to see what those people would have gone through. And then the United, the the I'd say the scariest movie I've ever seen in my in my opinion for me was United ninety three. I watched it, and I only watched it once. And I watched it. It was remember it was late at night or whatever, and that final scene where it's going, you know, when it's going down, it's just it just seemed so real that I, I mean, I couldn't watch it again. It just I couldn't. It was the scariest thing I think I'd ever seen, worse than any horror movie I'd ever watched, because it was real. Yeah, I remember you know I'd been selling equipment um, all that time, and and after. Uh, and my first equipment job in 2006. And I remember there was a guy that came through that was from Libya or uh, not Libya, um, I think uh, Lebanon in that area, and um, he 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 would never he wouldn't fly anywhere. And because I, I asked him why don't you you're going he's going to all these different places taking Greyhound buses I'm like why don't you just fly where you're going? He's like you ever tried to get on a plane when you're when you're little people realize Eastern. you're from the Middle Eastern? Yeah, he goes it's not it doesn't work out too well for you. Uh, I guess. I guess that's a good point. I never thought of it that way. But I remember first time I flew after that, I was like, this is kind of a little nervous a little bit. But, you know. You know, see, I kind of had the opposite of, I kind of had the opposite attitude because now everybody's on alert. You know, if oh, yeah. anybody makes a weird move, there's going to be 100 people on top of them. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And that's, my, my, my biggest fear was that it wasn't so much that there was any other terrorist attack or whatever. Right. It was the, the dumbasses that wanted to have some attention thrown their way. Oh, yeah. And what, what were they going to do? Like the shoe bomber guy, you know, he tried right. to the shoe on fire after that. And then you had underwear guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, underwear guy. I mean, you had all these people start doing all this just completely ridiculous stuff that thought they were going to work, you know. 
Right. I mean, just they weren't. I don't even think they intended for it to work, other than they were going to get their name in the paper or get you know, yeah, you know, get their fifteen minutes of fame. Now they're sitting in Supermax in Colorado. Yeah. Worked yeah. out well for him. Yeah, worked you know? out well for him. We uh we went to Crested Butte here last weekend. Uh, the wife and I we did a fly little fly fishing trip and um and I and I've noticed it before, but Colorado's pretty heavy in federal super um uh, maximum security prisons, and that's yeah, and and uh, you drive within the vicinity of that supermax that's in Florence, Colorado. It's like. 15 miles off the main highway, but this is like the super max of super maxes. And this is where they have, uh, the 19th hijacker. That's where, uh, I think that shoe bomber guy is. That's where El Chapo is. I mean, yeah. they put him in a freaking concrete hole and I don't think they let the lid off. So, yeah. uh, it's, I mean, I don't know. It just, it felt, it's just so eerie or not eerie, but it's just weird that you're driving by and you know those people that did that kind of stuff or, or within just a few miles of you, even though they're in a concrete yeah. hole, it's kind of weird. But um, yeah. Well, well, yeah. So it's a uh, it, it's certainly a, a somber moment in our American history, and we, uh, you know, we're still fighting the war. And I don't know if you'll yeah. ever. You might, like the old saying goes, you might not beat it, or you'll beat them, but you just have to contain them at this point because they're, yeah. they're breeding new new ones every day. Well, guys, we got to get into the uh, little lighter note this episode. Um, we're talking uh, cannibalism to save the planet. And, uh, I mean, what makes more sense than that? So uh, maybe lighting your underwear on fire. I don't know. But um, can you imagine? <laughs> you think that guy caught any crap when he went to prison? Oh, I'm sure he caught a lot of stuff when he went yeah. to prison. <laughs> hey, dude, maybe if you had a good thing you didn't wear silk, man. That would have melted right to your junk. You know, yeah, so. No, um, no doubt, man. I'm, I'm sure he's been, uh, he's had plenty of uh, time to reflect on his. And what about the guy? And what about the guy sitting next to him on the plane? This guy next to you is lighting his underwear on fire. You don't really want to do anything. You don't want to touch him, but you don't want the plane to go down. Right. You're kind of yeah. in a catch twenty two. I mean, I guess you you yeah, go so after the guy. Elbows. You got to. I mean, what are you going to do? Just sit there and die? Yeah, I, mean, I guess. Yeah, get, get some. You you don't want, you don't want to die from somebody burning their underwear up. So yeah. Yeah, that's, a, that's just kind of a strange way to go. You know, catch and see it on fire, and what do you do? Yeah, I mean, you're damned if you do. So, uh, well, guys, we're going to get out of here and get to this uh, our sponsor this week, and we're going to get to Radar Ricardo. He's going to give us a maybe a little cooler uh, forecast, even though he's probably going to lie and say it's going to be hot and everything because he likes to see a gringo cry. So uh, we've got all that and more. And no landing, by the way, on the Dryline Farmer podcast. But he's coming back, don't worry. From We Love Our Animals, Companion Animals International. Whose motherfucking pony is this? Who brings a god peacock on an airplane? You better get these feathers up out of my nose before I start some shit. Companion Animals International. Are you feeling anxious when you board an airplane? Look what I just stepped in! Look at that Do you just feel terrible about trying to board an airplane with all the anxiety and people don't even know what to call their junk anymore? And it's just a hard thing to get through. Well, at Companion Animals International, we are the premier lobbying group for getting you to getting your companion animal on an airplane. This is the last time I drank coach. Last time. Well, 
Used to, it was just, you could bring your dog or maybe even a cat. Well, now we are lobbying Washington, D.C. for any wild animal that we deem necessary to get your anxiety under control. Bitch, this is my armrest. You get that claw on the other side of the seat. That's right. Anything from an emu to a porcupine to even, yes, a peacock. I hate peacocks. They stink like That's right. And I don't care and we don't care if it affects the happiness of all the other passengers on board. As long as your anxiety is under control, we're happy at Companion Animals International. This is bullshit. This wouldn't happen on Southwest. Companion Animals International. We're here for you and your wild animal that you choose as a companion animal. Hey, Capron, I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna tell Brenda your PT companion animal is a chicken. <laughs> you know, El Pollo Loco. Hey, 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 this is Radar Ricardo de la Serio, bringing your Internet Farmer podcast weather update. Well, Brent, and once again, you've got, you've got weather. I mean, there's really not much to talk about. I mean, I know today it was like all kind of cloudy or whatever. And then, like, you got all sad because you had to go change a flat. And then I know you, like, got the wrong tire and it's a TNL sprinkler. And, like, you got a TNL wheel. And it wasn't, it takes a, it takes a zematic wheel, Vato, and like, you were sitting there. Fortunately, from our aspect, it was not hot. Hey, Gabrone, it's going to be a pretty nice forecast. You know, you've got, you've got that kind of the 80s coming up your way, and you got chances of rain here and there and like whatnot over there like that. And uh, so, but you know, don't get your hopes up because it hasn't rained anything in like days or weeks or whatever. And oh, I see a 90 back in the forecast like in a week. But hey, hey, enjoy it while you can, Vato, because, you know, good times, good times always come to an end, eh, you know. But hey, this sponsor, it's a, a, a Companion Animal International, and I don't know if you heard at the beginning or whatever, but uh, Diego, he's got a Companion Animal, he, t- he won't leave the house, he's like an American Express card, or what, what is it, who, why don't you leave the home without? Anyway, I don't know, but he's, whatever it is, he's got it, because Vato, he don't leave the house without this chicken, man, Vato, it's clucking all over the place, he's like, bok, 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 and whatever like that. And it's just like, it's become a real problem at church, especially at the Wednesday night services or whatever, because like we're like all having communion and like this thing's like clucking in the background or like bock bucket in the background and we're all like trying to get the body and the Holy Spirit and all that whatnot. But uh, hey, you know, finally we got him to uh, put him in the cry room and you know, he picks him up after after services are over. This is a Radar Ricardo, a Dennis Zerio. Back to you. Hey, but the, what you tell him about the air, uh, my loco? Okay, Casey. Yeah, thanks. Whatever y'all did on your forecast, I, you hadn't recorded it yet, but I'm sure it'll be great. So, Casey, I'm really glad that I write stuff down um, because. So, um, I was about to tell Casey this but without recording it. I'm like, no, this is too good. And uh, Landon, you miss out when you go play softball. So, I'm at the cardiologist on Monday, getting this heart halter put on because I've got like the heart of like an 85 year old. And if anybody saw my tweet the other day, I'm like eight pill bottles old. That's how old I am. Anyway, so I have to get this this heart monitor put on for like a couple of days. It's no big deal. Anyway, and I'm so I'm glad I wrote this down. But so anyway, I got to go use the bathroom at the cardiologist, and um, so 
And there's ba- that's a huge place. And they got, of course, there's bathrooms all over the place. So, of course, I go to the nearest one. And I just got to take a leak. So I walk in. And right right in front of me, this old man walks in. And he's got the like the athletic uh, wind pants on, you know, or whatever. And, I mean, this, this feller's getting up in age and pretty slow and kind of hunched over. <laughs> and uh, so, anyway, he... And it's so walk in there and it's a two holer, you know, it's got the two urinals with the divider in between them. And uh, so he pulls up to his and he proceeds just to do the five year old drawers pants on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) And I catch a glimpse of this guy's droopy old ass. And Casey, I couldn't do it. I had to go find another bathroom. But before I did, I had to write it down so I wouldn't forget to talk about it. And and I kind of see him look over his shoulder at me. And I'm like, I can't do it. I, I've lost it. I can push and push on my kidneys, but I cannot go stand next to this guy. He's got his drawers all the way to the ground and taking a leak. I'm like, only my seven-year-old boy, he doesn't even do that anymore. Oh my god, dude! It was There's something about it when you get to be a certain age. It's just your <laughs> you give a damn. Just doesn't. No one just don't give a damn. It. It. I mean, just it doesn't matter. I'm gonna let it. I'm gonna let it all hang out. If you don't like it, kiss my ass. But why this this guy can't bend <laughs> over as it is, and he's dropping him to the. He's putting him on the deck right there at the urinal. How is he getting him? I'm not picking him up for him. I've got a bad heart. And I know he does. He's old, and he's at the cardiologist, Casey. Good signals. Those are, all, those are both good signals. Oh, God. Well, so one of my buddies that went to A&M, they had a buddy that would do that. He would drop his drawer. This guy was freaking. I met him once. Dude was ADHD to the max. And they said, yeah, he would do that at the bar, man. He would drop his drawers all the way to his ankles when he went to stepped up to the urinal, man. <laughs> Just like, good God almighty. Oh, that is a guy... I would have to pass on the cannibalism, which leads us yeah. in to eat me on the Drawing Farmer podcast. So, Casey, what's your first hang up on cannibalism? Uh, the fact that you have to eat people. I think that's the, the biggest the biggest drawback. Well, yeah, but other than that, I was looking for like the nutritional value or like what kind of diet would that be? I mean, would you just come out and call it a new cannibal diet? I mean, that's not really the at- I mean, that'd be on the Atkins diet, wouldn't it? Well, that or one of those, uh, what's that new carnivore diet? That'd be the, oh, the keto up, diet or whatever yeah, it is. Should have, eat, should have eaten meat all the time and no pun intended to eat. And <laughs> she, this, this would be a. Uh, I don't know, man. The idea that if it ever got that bad that you had to go uh, eat other people um, to survive, I think you probably better hit the eject button and just take care of it. <laughs> Do you, on, move on with, with what's supposed to happen. You think? I don't. I think God will shut it down before then. Don't you figure? I don't know. I I think there's a. I mean, he a is lot, hard to predict. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to sit here and try to figure that one out. But I think there's a. Uh, it's a very, uh, very odd thing to, to even suggest. So, as, as a way to save the world. Yeah, that's it, strange enough as cannibalism is. The fact that they're using that as a weapon to fight climate change that may be yeah. even better. Okay, so I'm looking at this uh, article from Breitbart, 
And the uh, the title is Swedish A Swedish Scientist Proposes Cannibalism to Fight Climate Change, and it's by Chris Tomlinson. Naturally, it's somebody with the last name Sun, since it's Swedish. But um, so on the uh, – I think that's just a screenshot. So the screenshot, they've got a picture of four forks, and on each fork, they've got a hand and a wrist where the fork is puncturing – through the you know, you know poking through the arm and like that's like they're you know human instead of chicken fingers they're human fingers you know so anyway and the uh, it's in Swedish and it says mana koskat et alternati for at rahada klimate I don't know Sounds what the du- German, I don't, well it doesn't I don't know what the double dot over the A's and the O's I don't know what they're supposed to sound like yeah I don't I don't either. You only know Ukrainian anyway, so I don't know why you're laughing. Well, all my all my Swedish that I know is from ABBA, so So in this article, uh, a Swedish behavioral scientist. This isn't even a um, climate scientist. This isn't even a geologist. This isn't anything. This is a Swedish behavioral scientist. In other words, a psychologist, Magnus Soderlund has suggested that eating other people after they die could be a means of combating climate change. Because we all know that it would be a bitch to eat somebody before they died. Yeah. Well, the thing about this, too, is, I mean, if you take a look at any, any species on the planet, if you start feeding them their own... Their own, their own species. Them, you know, like you start taking, like, cows and start feeding them cows, you get mad cow disease, right? And if you start feeding chickens chickens, you get, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but... El Pollo Loco. <laughs> That's going to be a drop in the new intro next time. <laughs> but stuff like that, I mean, nothing good comes from that. So I can't imagine that if we had a healthy diet of a human, that, that would be a real good thing that came from that. So it goes on to say, the scientists mentioned the possibility of cannibalism during a broadcast on Swedish television channel TV4. This week about a fair in Stockholm regarding food of the future. If anything, this is a food of the past. Because who was uh, who did cannibalism? It wasn't the uh, Mayans, was it? They just sacrificed the virgins and the children, didn't they? Oh, in yeah, Apocalypto? Still, I mean, if you go to like, uh, well, yeah. And, in Indiana well, Jones. Eat, yeah, they would eat parts of the, of the body as like they'd eat the heart and those kind of things as to get the, the strength of, the, of their yeah. opponents and those kind of stuff. Um, but it, I mean, there, I mean, to this day, there are guys that there, there are tribes in Africa that yeah. are cannibalists, and there are, uh, you know, I was, I was listening to something the other day. I can't remember what we were talking about. It was a, the podcast I was listening to, and they were some um, might have been Jocko podcast, but anyway, they had a guy, his guest on there, was talking about you know, when they went to uh, uh, Liberia to get some U.S. folks out of there, and they were having some some skirmishes with some local, you know, whatever, some local tribes and. They get these gunfights, and at night there would be there's a there was a group of cannibals that come out and take the dead bodies off the off the street, and they wake up in the morning there wouldn't be any more dead bodies out there. Wow! They all vanished. So I mean, it's this the idea of cannibalism is a very much a, it's a it happens all over the world. But I, I guess I, as he's saying that this is a way to combat eating beef or chicken or whatever. We're gonna I mean it's more humane to eat dead people or well, or that he's getting at? I've already read through the article, and all I can gather from it, he doesn't say, but all I can gather from it is it means that there's less people. But if they're already dead, they're, they're a dead person's dead. not going to reproduce. 
So yeah, I guess maybe that means um, because really the article goes on. Do they got Richard Dawkins? I mean, he's a he's headed to the hot place, but um, it really what it leads into is lab grown meat. This whole uh, Beyond Meat and um, yeah. and Impossible Burger stuff. But um, speaking of African countries, did you see that story about you? Probably I don't know if you did or not. It wasn't very widespread. Where China is buying uh, is like is like exhausting Kenya's donkey population for food they're eating donkeys in china and of course of course it's a delicacy right because it can't be gross and not be a delicacy at the same time it's just impossible if it's gross it has to be a delicacy so anyway they've like cut in half kenya's donkey population and they use donkeys to get around in kenya they even said so in the story declining donkey population is blamed on consumer where's that here donkeys declining in Drastic decline in donkey population blamed on consumers. High demand. They're talking about they're talking about 1.8 million donkeys or something. Yeah. We have that many donkeys in one country. Yeah. 1.8 million a year to go get shuffled off to China. Yep. That many donkeys that they can. Well, there was. Holy crap. Yeah, that's a lot of ass to eat. No shit. (laughs) But uh, so anyway, back to our human eating deal. So. Soderland is set to hold seminars at the event entitled Gastro Summit. That sounds like a new restaurant opening. About the future of food, where he intends to discuss the possibility of eating people in the name of cutting down greenhouse gas emissions. Do you think a p- eating your buddy would make you very gassy? I don't. You got to think about it. What, what, I mean, here's the thing about eating a human, man. Humans don't just die. I mean, they die of old age, but there's a million other things that go into play, like disease and. You know, something went wrong. Accident. Something went sideways, right? Yeah. I mean, if you just didn't die of, of old age, something happened. Yeah. Right. I mean, you're not just out there like, oh well, you know, like some herpes infested carcass <laughs> out there. You're gonna start gnawing on. No, I mean, come on. Nobody, nobody's eating Al Capone syphilis infested freaking junk. Nobody's yeah, doing I mean, it. Yeah. He went crazy <laughs> because of that stuff. Yeah, you don't. It's just there's a lot of things there you, that would cause that to not be a <laughs> good very thing. thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, why? I don't know why that's a good idea. But so yeah, l- let's delve into this a little deeper. So let's say the world accepts this and we adopt this, and it's a whole. Did you read the book A Brave New World? Yes. Yes. That that's the one with the they take the soma and all that stuff, isn't it? Oh yeah. Yeah 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, so um, so yeah, we're eating people. No, I guess this is this a brave new. I'm thinking of something else. Anyway, nonetheless, some famous literary work that I've probably read that I forgot all about. We're eating people's. Oh yeah, the what is the apocalypse? Is the mailman with Kevin Costner? Is that are they eating people there? I don't know. Anyway, nonetheless, we'll just say The Walking Dead. How about that? Can you imagine how bad those people taste? The zombies. I mean, I mean, yeah. they might be tender. Do you tend? Do you think you tenderize your cannibal meat? It's like, well, you know I what? Think, I've always dreamed of beating the shit out of Frank. Here's my chance. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, and I don't, I just don't know what you do. I mean, that's just to me, there's, uh, there's so many. I mean, I guess, I mean, you would. What do you think a tender cut might be? I don't know, man. I think you got to go with. Uh, <laughs> would you jerk it all? Like a. <laughs> <laughs> like a Jamaican jerk chicken? There's a lot of ways to go with that, Brent. Um, <laughs> there's. I don't know, man. Uh, you start looking at like, you know, a bicep or a calf or something like that, a thigh or you know, a quadricep, something like that. I mean, there's 
assuming that they're in decent shape, they're going to have a lot of muscle on them. So, I mean, there should be some decent cuts there, but I don't, I mean, not like if you get somebody that had a horrible diet, they're going to taste like crap. Well, now, no, think about it, though. A horrible diet, most likely, what do they die of? You want somebody that died of obesity, Casey. You don't want to, you don't want to uh, eat some bulimic person. Yeah. Think about it. Look at, think of the marbling. Well, think of like a, like <laughs> a bowl, you know. Get those bowls out there that are just a giant walking mass of muscle. Those, yeah. Those are the ones that, that taste pretty good. Why? There's no fat, though. Fat makes well, it taste good. You got to think this yeah. on a on a on a marbling level, Casey. You want That's somebody true. eating ding dongs and ho hos and and, and foot long sandwiches at Sonic every day of their life. Okay, so those people right there have the worst farts on the planet. Could you imagine what they'll taste oh, like? God. Man, they stink that bad. You cook uh, it out of be, it. I wonder what the appropriate temperature so, for cannibalism meat is, because like a ground beef patty is 160 degrees. Yeah, I can I can imagine like a medium rare bicep what that would taste like. I mean, it's, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, be, I, I don't know what you would do I guess you just start taking out the old uh, I guess like the lats and stuff Would be like your uh, Your your back straps Like if you're cleaning <laughs> like that, I guess <laughs> so, That'd be uh, an odd one Do you think if it came to that Would would, would people have barbecues? Well, you, I don't I'd be afraid to go to one Come you, on you over be the barbecue, you know? <laughs> Instead of <laughs> Omaha stuff what time? I want you to come about three o'clock. Where else are they going to come at nine? But I need you here at three. <laughs> so if we can make that happen, that'd be great. This totally goes to Hannibal Lecter's. I'm having someone over for dinner <laughs> with a nice bottle of Chianti and a dose of faba beans. Yeah, I, I never I can do that sound effect. <laughs> I don't know, man. This this right here, this guy. I don't know what he's. I mean, this doesn't make any sense. And anyone that buys into this is. Is demented wow. or just completely, yeah, just, uh, completely snowed under on it? I, I love yeah. how I read stories and I've got uh, ads on the side screen, and w- this one is a uh, illustration of your prostate health. One, it's got a, a perfectly fine bladder and urethra, and then the other one, the prostate is is like choking it down to the size of a of a, like a the head of a pin. It's just how to boost prostate health. Health. Do this daily. And it says I may like it, and then right, and then right below it, it's got ten photo bombs that will make you laugh out loud. And of course, what is the picture of a chick in a bikini? And they're never in the ten pictures. Oh, never. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, c- continuing on down with the article, it says according to his research, the main problem with the idea is the widespread taboo of eating human flesh, and said that conservative attitudes could make it hard to convince Swedes at large to take up the practice of cannibalism. You think only conservatives have a problem with eating uh, other people? I mean, I'm a conservative, wow. but I would have to think liberals have got a problem with it too. Well, I think about any any sane person would have a problem with uh, with eating another human being. I mean, I've, here's the thing, right? You know, think about it. Here's the thing. If, if enough people get rounded up and say, you know what, we're going to go eat. Brent now, Brent. Hey, you're uh, you're dinner tonight, buddy. Oh, cool. jokes on No, no, no. You're you're dinner tonight, my friend. So, yeah. Well. <laughs> Ooh, would you pass the Brent? <laughs> yeah, man, Brent. Man, he's a. I always knew he was a salty bitch, but I didn't knew that was literal. So, do you think that? Yeah. Do you think the table manners? Do you worry about that 
if you're eating cannibal, you know, eating human meat at the dinner. I mean, are you really worried about having your t- elbows on the table? Well, I think then you, yeah, I think it's you're going to have a full fledged, you know, like seven course meal with different wines and blood pudding, wine thing, and all that. Stuff. Yeah, literally, blood pudding. <laughs> you're going to get some of that. But what's that uh, show? Uh, have you seen The Road? Have you seen that ro- the show? I don't guess so. It's got Viggo Mort- Mortensen in it, and they're uh, TV like show or movie. And it's a movie, and it's like a you know, obviously a, apocalypse happened, and and there's a, him and his son are walking around trying to figure out what to do, and they come across this house, and they <clears throat> don't think anyone's in there, and they stumble in this like basement, and there's just like 50 people in there that are like 98 pounds, look like they vacationed in Auschwitz, you know, they're just skinny as hell, and oh. it's like those, it's like those pictures that you see, you know, of Nazi concentration camps, right. and they end up getting out of there and letting these people get out, but but that's the whole thing, like they had a they're butchering these people and, uh, and they're eating them, you know, because that's, that's what your source of food was because the whole world would die off and there's just some humans out there. But it, even that, I mean, the whole point of the show was that, that there was a group of people that didn't eat people and that was the whole like, thing. And they and they died? Yeah, well, no, they made his dad ended up dying. Oh, okay. So I don't have to see, alert. I yeah, see. You see it. I think but, it seems like the only movie I've seen him in is A History of Violence. Have you seen that movie? Yeah. That was a good one. That was a, it was a, I don't think it was a big budget movie, but it was a good movie. It was out several years ago. But um yeah, so I don't know, eating dudes. Eat, so uh, women would probably be more tender, don't you figure? I would I would guess, but you know, less testosterone in your system. Yeah, less, I mean less, you know, I guarantee I guarantee you, Casey, they will be marketing organic non-GMO humans if this ever comes yeah. to fruition. Absolutely. I would not Absolutely. want <laughs> this this uh this fifty year old person who had heart disease, ironically enough, was on a vegan only diet. You know, they that's gotta be a terrible selling point. Why did yeah. he have heart disease if he was on a vegan diet? He had no trans fatty acid or trans fatty a- fats in his body anywhere, and yet he killed over of a heart attack. I don't know. It just it blows my mind. How that could get the so out of hand. This too is like I'm kind of skimming through these articles as we're talking, and some of the stuff we like. Oh, like there's a certain percentage of the uh, people that listen to be willing to trade. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hell, you. I mean that that dumb. Get that dude that quick. Yeah, there's people that think we don't didn't land on the moon. Did you see that deal, India? They did you see they tried to land a deal on the moon here a few days ago and they lost communication with it with like uh, two kilometers up. Yeah, I saw where they were trying to. Uh, they were they had launched their thing, and I kind of put after that. Well, they um, they 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 think they found it. Now they're trying to make contact with it. They think it because I think it was on autopilot anyway, and so they weren't controlling it, but they just lost communication with it. And they think they found it. I guess they've got a satellite or something up there, or some kind of orbiter where they um where they can um zoom in on the moon surface and they think they found it they think it's like on a tilt or something and they're trying to make contact with it but i'm like are you kidding me you can't find any tech support in india on that project are you for real you're there yeah, you didn't have to go very far you can find the guy named bill you know <laughs> yeah uh, so. oh no i'm in dallas i'm in dallas but um so yeah. back <laughs> to finish yeah. off our to finish off our story here he says regardless of the likely immense Resistance to the idea of eating people. Soderlund said it was important to examine different options in the name of sustainability. Oh, boy, that's the key word there, sustainability. All farmers know that word. Yeah. 
Now this, I, I love this whole global warming climate change thing. You know, it, 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 the earth has been changing its climate for the last 25,000 years since we had the last ice age, right? Yeah. So um, this isn't like a big, big shocker to anyone. You know what I mean? So it's a, you know, they act like it's in the last five years. Oh boy, this whole thing's happening. And maybe, you know, who's to say that it's not supposed to be changing? Like, I'm, I'm not sitting here saying that there's not climate change happening because it happens every year. It happens yeah. every, every well, 10,000 years. You know, there's a, there's a, a switch one way or the other. And, now, that's the key there, Casey. You said the key. Every 10,000 years, humans haven't even been around, you know, you know, the, the number is, is gray, but several a few thousand years and we're thinking the climate's changing over a matter of what 50 years 20 years well somebody said if if the world was down uh, was uh, condensed into a week that humans got here like five seconds ago you know in in the week like at the end of the week we got here like five seconds ago yeah. in a matter of you know when you condense it down to the in a matter of right. seven days so it's um the long and the short of it is people are uh, way too high on themselves. We've only been here for a few years and uh, they're thinking the, the entire climate's going to shift. In well, a, when, I was in, when I was in grade school, they were talking about, you know, I'm talking about this year, 1987, um, 1986, something like that. I remember sitting in a class and people, we need to figure out the technology that's going to save us because we're going to head to another ice age. And that's yeah. Like two-mile-high glaciers coming back in Whatever, and then now we're talking about that same ice cap melting and all this other stuff. I've, it's, there's, there's, there's all this these different things that you see when, when you go through all that information. They show ice caps. It's like when they when they take it, there's these, all this stuff happening with ice cap, and then they show it again like in the winter time, and it's back to where it was. Right. You know? Yeah. You know, I mean, just and I'm not an expert on this. I'm not going to claim to be one. I'm not going to say that I sit here and study this stuff. There's a guy on Twitter that hits me up all the time about some polar vortex and collapsing and how you know it's going to do this, that, and the other thing, and he freaks out. And then I'm like, nothing happened. Yeah, dude, where is it? Where's it at? Yeah. And you know, so he didn't necessarily argue with me, but he's like, the planet's dying. I don't. I don't know if I go that far. I don't quite go that far. I sure as hell know that eating people is not going to stop that from happening. No. If it is, it's, it might as well be over because uh, the, we got the bigger sh- problems. <laughs> we got bigger problems than somebody eating up on Jeff. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, guys, we hope that it doesn't come to that. And um, although it might, I mean, there, there's like Casey said, there's already pe- there's been people been eating each other forever. So, uh, uh, and still up to this and including today. Well, guys, we're going to get out of here. Before we get out of here, we're going to let Casey uh, tell us how we can find the Moving Iron podcast. And um, so, yeah, plug it away there, Casey. All right, man. You can find Moving Iron podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, any place you go out and find your, your podcast. You can also um, you know, go to movingironllc.com. You can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, same handle. And, um, you know, it's a... Uh, I put a blog out once a week about what's happened in the equipment marketplace from my point of view. And uh, so you know, hit, take a look at all that stuff and uh, sure love to hear your opinion of what's going on. That sounds good. And you're going to find the uh, Dryland Farmer podcast in a lot of the same places. That's the Global Ag Network. And we're going to drop it through 
my Twitter handle. That's at Trader Brent. And when Landon hears this and realizes he missed such a great episode, he's going to retweet it at NoTwitLandon44. And you're going to find it everywhere podcasts are found. That's Google Play, iTunes, anywhere and everywhere. I think we're even on like some Russian, Ukrainian. We're in Ukraine, aren't we, Land- uh, Casey? Sure. Yeah. Thanks for the vote sometimes of confidence you, there. But sometimes you feel like a nut and sometimes you don't. That, mm-hmm. could, be your, that could be your party. Yeah. Your, your candle That's party. good. <laughs> we'll have to worry about finding a freezer. Well, uh, guys, until next time, and uh, hey, catch us, I guess, this morning, because that's when this is going to drop. We are going to have a great morning show. It's going to be just like Regis and, I don't know, I'm not Kelly. You can be Kelly. But um, until next time, we'll see you out there, and we'll ask you, what side of the line are you on? The Drawline Farmer Podcast brought to you by Companion Animals International. We're your number one lobbying group to get your peacock on the plane. The Dryline Farmer Podcast, all rights reserved, 2019, a member of the Global Ag Network.